You're not alone. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and uh, I kind of wanted to to change up how we're going, and I, I feel like I'm doing that almost every episode now, but uh, it's I, I still feel like this is a new podcast, and um, I'm trying to get a, a feel for what I want to do. So instead of droning on and on and on about the rules form, I'm just going to make that a section. And I'm only going to cover, you know, three, three to five questions an episode. And so that way it doesn't end up boring us. Because um, I, I know it was boring me, so if it's boring me, then it's probably starting to bore you to have a whole episode dedicated to how I can't really read. So... I'm going to do that. That's going to be a segment. We're still going to do a, uh, uh, a list segment, uh, list building with, with Sailor. Um, and then I'm doing this episode a little bit later because of ANG's X-Wing stream. So I want, to, I want to spend some time and actually talk about that. So with all that said, let me go ahead and go into... Uh, We'll start with the list building with Joe. And for this one, I wanted to revisit a list that was very powerful back in the day and has only lost a little bit of its power. And for that, it's the Seer Swarm. So what I've got is I've got Captain Seer with TA-175 and Solus-1, and then six Trade Federation drones, um, Separatist drones, the I-1s, Three of them with Discord missiles and all of them with grappling struts. Now, really, I think you've only lost uh, one drone in this list. Maybe not even that much. Um, but I still think that this is a, a very powerful swarm to bring. You're bringing seven bodies, three sets of Discord missiles. You're bringing an amazing ability in Crackshot and... Um, just the TA-175 is a hilarious drone. So I still think this has legs. And I think you'll notice that uh, occasionally players will go back and visit lists that were powerful in the past and bring them back or bring a flavor of them back. And I think this is, this is one of those lists that you really shouldn't sleep on. Um, but anyway... I've gone on enough with that. All right, next, let's go into the rules forum for Rules with Joe. I don't know. That just seemed weird. I don't know. Maybe I'll come up with something for that. We'll see. All right, so here's a question. Swarm Tactics, OP. If I have Swarm Tactics on Major Von Reg, as an example, who's Initiative 6, and I use it to increase an Omega Squadron tie or Mega Squadron Ace and the TIFO to I-6, would the automated target priority still work for the Omega Squadron Ace? Would it still function due to the printed pilot initiative I-3 on the card, or would in fact that, or would the fact that it was increased in that round to I-6 be nullified due to the requirements of an upgraded card to be less than I-4? Answer. 
Card restrictions are taken into consideration when equipping them or moving them from one ship to another ship. Increasing a ship's initiative value mid-game would not have any effect on automated targeting priority. All right, next question. Kiara and Trickshot, OP. Does Kiara crew counteract Trickshot? Answer, hi. Can you clarify who has Trickshot in this example? Uh, OP, Trickshot was on Scum Han Solo Falcon. AMG, and where is Kiara? Is she on the defending ship, or is she is on the same ship that has Trickshot equipped? Um... OP, she's on the attacking ship. Answer. No, Kiara does not negate trickshot in this example. From the object's FAQ. Question. What does ignore obstacles mean? Due to Han Solo's pilot, do Han Solo pilot and the customized YT-1300 and Kiara work together? What about dash render in the YT-2400 and Outrider? Answer. When an effect says a ship ignores obstacles, it means that ship ignores the effects of the obstacles. A ship that is ignoring obstacles does not apply the effects of overlapping or moving through them, and can move through them by boosting or barrel rolling. When a ship performs an attack that is obstructed by obstacles, it ignores the effects of the obstruction, so the defender it affects the obstruction, so the defender does not roll one additional defense dice being obstructed by the obstacles the attacker is ignoring. However, the obstacles are still treated as being present for the effects that check for their presence or absence, such as stun pilot damage car or debris gambit. Additionally, an attack is obstructed by an obstacle even while the effects of the obstacle are ignored. This applies to cards such as Outrider, Han Solo Pilot, Customized YT-1300, and Trickshot. Additionally, other ships do not ignore the obstacle when resolving effects that interact with a ship that is ignoring obstacles. For instance, while a ship that is ignoring obstacles defends, if the attack is obstructed, it still rolls one additional defense dice because the attacker is not ignoring the effects of obstacles. Well, that was a mouthful. All right. Next one, huge ship boost, OP. How do I execute a huge ship boost? Boost action can be gained via Cad Bane crew. Can this boost overlap smaller ships and objects, or does it fail? Answer. No, Cad Bane cannot cause a huge ship to boost. From the rules reference, appendix, huge ships under move and rotate effects, if another card's effect instructs a huge ship to move or rotate its base a number of degrees, it does not move or rotate its base. Such effects include barrel roll, boost, cloak, decloak, slam, any effect that calls for base rotation, example, rotate your base 90 degrees or rotate your base 180 degrees to occur. I actually didn't know that. Cool. All right, next question. Can Teltavera rotate their arc? when being placed back in the play area. OP. When placing a ship with a turret arc in the play area, after it has been reserved, does the ship get to rotate its turret arc to any of its standards arc? I think two relevant cases here would be Teltravera's ability or a ship deploying after dark. AMG. No, deploying is distinct from place forces setup, step of setup. 
A turret ship in reserve maintains the orientation of its turret arc indicator until it's adjusted by the rotate action or other ability. OP. As a follow-up question, when does a ship start the game in reserve? When does a ship that starts the game in reserve choose the direction of the turret arc? This would apply to ships with Boba Fett crew or those that start the game docked. AMG. If the ship is in reserve at the start of the game, they haven't had a chance to follow the place force steps. The first opportunity the ship is placed is the opportunity to choose the direction of the turret. Alright, last question we're going to cover today, Teltravera, Cutthroat, and Deadman Switch. OP, does Teltravera trigger Deadman Switch when he is first destroyed, before he regens on your player edge, or when, if when he is finally destroyed and removed from the game? Does Cutthroat trigger for his squad when he is first destroyed, or if when he is finally destroyed and removed, or both? AMG. Teltravera's Jumpmaster 5000 pilot ability is a replacement effect. When the replacement effect resolves, it, the replaced effect is treated as having not occurred. In this instance, neither Cutthroat, Talent, or Deadman Switch, Illicit, would trigger if Teltravera would trigger their pilot ability. And now we get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast, what everyone wants to talk about, and that's the what AMG has dubbed the 2.5 core rules announcement. So let's cover uh, ex- uh, this this notes document that was posted on the Fly Better page. Uh, you'll have to forgive me; I don't remember who uh, who did it, but it breaks down the stream and kind of covers and I'll I'll tell you I'm actually really excited about the changes that uh, AMG is bringing to the table I think it's going to be very good for the game and uh, I'm just as I said I'm just really excited about it I can't I can't think of a better word all right so uh, we're just going to go down from the start and continue on all right when are they live so they're live next year, so they're thinking end of jam, early February, uh, which means uh, for LVO, they will not be live. And one thing they pointed out with that is it's very difficult to do a points adjustment and a core rules change at the same time. So they focus on the core rules first, and then they're working on the points. All right, so... What they're going to do is they're going to release the core rules along with the new points update um, sometime in late January, early February. And I imagine that might coincide with the release of the next wave. That's just a guess from me. That's not in the uh, in this document. All right, um, points. Um, they will have the points for the new ship as well as the current ships um the list they're playing now might be close but not finalized so um and that's specifically talking to the list in the stream um which if you hadn't watched the stream i recommend you watch it it's actually a very interesting game of x-wing and on top of that they uh i don't know that's just the the way they talk about the game you you can tell that there there's a passion there all right so uh 
and all of these changes kind of uh, reflect around the the design goals that they have the game which is to bring it back to an action-packed game with a lower skill floor while maintaining a high skill ceiling and incentivizing engagement so one of the ways that they're going to do that is they're bringing in scenarios and with scenarios it's going to be um, kind of a, a pillar of competitive play so um, the goal is that it's going to widen squad, build, squad building options uh, they really want you to think about the scenario when you're list building for an event uh, scenarios are going to be imperative for incentivizing different play styles and choices in list building because not every ship is good at everything and having the game be only about list destruction leads to people not engaging dancing around each other waiting for the perfect moment and fortressing points by running away when ahead so in basically in that you you're not going to be able to win only by playing the objectives alone and if you're in a casual game um, you're going to bring your list beforehand and then you will randomly select a scenario so I like this already right off the bat before I go further into what the different scenarios are is it changes how you play the game which is changing the core fundamental of how you list build because now you're not just putting ships together that are good at destruction maybe you're trying to find a ship that's good at orbiting and staying on target or maybe you're trying to find a ship that is very aggressive it just it it widens list building like I said and and I really enjoy that okay so there are four scenarios that they're looking at there's a uh, zone control scenario which is going to be close to uh, like objective play um, there's going to be a snatch and grab there's going to be a control um, but not like area control but more like tagging points removing them from your opponent's control and vice versa um, chance engagement which is going to be like dogfighting and each player each round will be playing the same objective so there's not going to be this well I'm trying to control this area of the board and you're trying to destroy all of my ships um, I mean some might try to do that because you can control the board if the other if your opponent doesn't have any ships but maybe they have a better squad for controlling an area so it's just things things to think about and again the goal behind all of this is to force engagement so if you're fortressing in a corner your opponent is gonna score all over you in terms of objectives and um, they're talking about using an objective to or an epic objective token for the objective token so it fits in the center of the board um, then alternate first you know your side then your opponent's sides um, the scenarios are going to have print and play tokens so it sounds like there's going to be a scenario pack coming out which I think is pretty neat uh, and then obstacles cannot be placed overlapping an objective token otherwise obstacle um, the same obstacle placement rules and the scoring is going to be different as well so for the scoring um, you're going to play to 20 points and if you're tied at 20 or 
20 plus, whatever it is, you're going to keep playing until someone gets ahead. So, and this could be through destroying a ship, controlling an area, things like that. Now, when a ship is destroyed, you divide that ship's cost by 10 and you round up. Now, in objective play, you don't get half points for ships except in the chance encounter objective. And points are scored no matter why the ship died. So if it's removed or flees uh, or is destroyed, those points are, are scored. And whomever has the most ships at range one of an object gains one point and medium large ships count as two ships for this purpose. So that's actually kind of neat. So if you're bringing bigger ships, it counts as you having more ships in that range. So this is really going to kind of kind of change like some I know um sorry, brain fart. Uh one of the lists D had talked about that's fun to play is four freighter captains, right? So if you've got four freighter captains around here, that's two ships at range one of something that might not be a good list for anything other than um, objective defense. But it certainly does kind of change the way you think about list building. Now, there are new rules for obstacles, and these I am very, very excited about. More excited than anything else because it fundamentally changes the game. And um, it it makes it more fair across the board. So here's here's the new effects. If you overlap an asteroid, you suffer one damage, and then you roll a red die. On a hit or crit, you suffer another damage. On debris, you gain a stress token, and then you roll a die. On a hit or a crit, you suffer one damage. On a cloud, first it breaks all locks, and you gain a strain. Then you roll an attack die. On a hit, you gain one ion. On a crit, you gain three ion tokens. Oh my gosh, how freaking scary is that? Oh, and then um, rig cargo chute and um, spare parts canister. Those ones you're going to gain a stress, you're going to roll, and then on a hit or crit, you're going to gain a strain token. Now, here's, the, here's another big change, right? If you're overlapping an asteroid, uh, debris, or a gas cloud, you cannot attack and you skip your perform action step. But if you move all the way through it, but you're not no part of your base is overlapping it, then you can still take an action. And just think about how this changes the game. I mean, we all saw the, the one play where Quick Draw went over uh, an asteroid, took the damage, and killed Wedge. Well... Now, I mean, it, it really doesn't change because Quick Draw's ability is, operates off the shields, but, like, now going over an asteroid can really, really be detrimental. And on top of that, not being able to shoot on any of them whatsoever, huge, huge change to the game. I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, uh, a couple other things changed. Um, tractor, you're no longer going to be able to tractor a ship on top of an obstacle. But you can still tractor a ship in front of an obstacle. So I still think that's 
incredibly good. You're still going to be able to rotate 90 degrees um, and gain that stress token. But uh, yeah, I, I still think I still think tractor is is good. Now, here's some other things that are changed. Overlapping. So it's going to depend on who overlaps when you're dealing with friendly or enemy ships. If you overlap a friendly ship, so that means if you bump into a friendly ship and it's checking the end of the template. So if the end of the template would cause you to overlap a friendly ship, you're going to roll an attack die and on a hit or crit, you're going to take a damage. And then you're going to skip your perform action step. But if you overlap an enemy ship, if you are not stressed, you may perform a printed focus or calculate action from your action bar, gain a stress, and then skip your perform action step. I, I really like that. I, th I think that's a great way to, to do it. And here's the important part about that. It only checks the last ship you'd hit and not technically who you'd bump into. So if one of your... If your opponent has a, a ship placed and you would your template would overlap the enemy ship but you're gonna bump into your friendly ship then you would treat it as if bumping into the enemy ship so I think that is a great way to handle that bumping then they are gonna open up range zero attacks but it's not like you're thinking so when you attack at range zero, you cannot modify your dice or add dice. If you're defending at range zero, the enemy cannot modify your dice. There will be no range bonus for range zero, and ships that and only primary attacks at range zero. And then ships that allow range zero attacks will be changed to allow for a range bonus and possibly other effects. So I'm excited to see where that's going. Um, gosh, I must sound really boring because I just keep using excited over and over and over again. But, like, these changes are going to be amazing for the game. And and I really think AMG is on to something with these changes. Um, you know, there's we've, we've heard it said in the past, playtesting works, and it does. It, it really does, and I am just all behind embracing these changes. Now, a couple other things I talked about. Format. There's going to be the standard format, which is going to be the de facto tournament format. It's only going to be reprinted ships, and um, so that way the tournament environment is open and fair to new players. Um, and if it's been reprinted in, if a ship has been reprinted in one faction it can be used in all other factions so example that they use is the hawk or maybe the yt 1300 so um, that would mean that the resistance uh, millennium falcon would be able to be used because they're printed the millennium falcon for scum and rebels all right uh, another ship that they talk or another card they talked about on the banned list is going to be intimidation that's going to be banned and they're gonna there's gonna be a further conversation on uh, what's gonna be included in the banned list so I look forward to that because I'll tell you one of my first initial reactions to road when it came out and road is gonna stay the same that's not going away but one of my first examples to road when it first came out was 
if they're going to proceed forward with it, then they need that restricted slash ban list. So I'm really excited to see where this is going. And uh, AMG has just solidified my trust that they want what's best for this game. All right, so that covers everything in the stream. If I missed anything, please uh, reach out, let me know. Um, I, I wanted to do this a little bit different with uh, with Christmas next week. Uh, I may or may not do an episode. We'll kind of we'll we'll see where I'm at. Um, but I wanted to make sure that everyone got their tokens early and that we did the ship giveaway early. So maybe those things will arrive before Christmas. So with all that said, remember this month I'm giving away an eight of two. And uh, next month it will be a uh, a lat. So if you haven't had, if you are on a lower tier and you want to upgrade to get those extra chances, you've got plenty of time to do that. Okay. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and uh, pull up our random number generator. We're looking at the names right now. And congratulations to Jade. Jade, you are now the proud owner of a Ada 2. And I know you're flying resistance, so uh, in, enjoy the ship. Um, for my local San Diego folks, uh, if you're coming to the TC's uh, charity event this Saturday supporting Rady's Children Foundation. Uh, I will be bringing your tokens and anything that you want so uh, from me. So please come out and uh, play X-Wing for a good cause. For everyone else, I'll be getting those in the mail this week, hopefully tomorrow. Um, so you should be getting that soon hopefully before christmas if everything works out but if not shortly thereafter and thank you all very much for your support of this podcast um, if you want to support it non-financially please consider leaving a review however you consume this podcast and let other people know or yeah let other people know why they may or may not like this podcast um if you'd like to support this podcast financially and uh, help increase the uh, the ship prices that I'll be doing monthly or the number of tokens or um, potentially other prizes that I could include, uh, then please consider going to patreon.com slash saltminesxwing and uh, becoming a patron today. Thank you so very much for listening. As you know, I like to end every podcast with a question, and this question is, what are your thoughts on the upcoming rules changes on 2.5? This is Sailor Joe, signing off.
You're not alone.